0: Hello, and welcome to Podcast Abbreviated, where we break down the best podcasts into short episodes. So you can discover new hosts and new podcasts
1: and simply get to the best stuff faster. Welcome back everyone to another great episode. Our conversation today centers around a great debate between evolutionary biologist, Brett Weinstein and French Canadian icon carver, public speaker and YouTuber, Jonathan Peugeot. Their full conversation, which is linked in the description, is a great representation of two mainstream positions about contemporary religious thought. On one side, you have Brett Weinstein, who believes that the ancient wisdom of something like the Bible is out of date and needs to be updated in order for human beings to have a map that can chart a successful path forward for humanity. On the other side, you have Jonathan who believes that the ancient wisdoms of something like the Bible do contain everything that we need, only we need to reinterpret it in the way that it was originally intended and use it to establish a mode of being that will help humanity succeed. In this episode, we're going to zoom in on one of the concepts from this conversation. And this is the concept that there can be something that is literally false like a story or a fable that can change human behavior even more than facts. Without further ado, I'll let Brett Weinstein take it away, and then Tim and I are going to discuss and unpack what this means for us going forward.
2: Okay, I have an example of literally false, metaphorically true. I think it actually explains, maybe you'll see in it the answer to the question that you keep posing to me. The example is the idea of follow-through for a a person playing baseball when they're batting or a tennis player hitting the ball, right? We say it is very important that you follow through on the hit, right? Now physically speaking, it is not. It actually has no impact on the ball, right? Once the ball has left the racket, the follow-through is irrelevant. But It is vitally important that you prepare to follow through and that you not stop following through right up through the moment that you hit the ball, right? So the easiest way to get somebody to do this is say, follow through. It's very important that you follow through. It's not literally true, but it's metaphorically true. If you behave in a way that you follow through, then everything you do up to the point that it stops mattering will be right. Okay. My point is, it is very important that we live in such a way that there is a future for our descendants 10,000 years from now. And we don't have any influence directly over 10,000 years from now. The influence we have is right up through where we hit the ball, right? And that's where religion functions well. It has traditionally told people how to live in the present, right? That's the moment of hitting the ball. And it has given pretty good guidance about how to live in that moment where you hit the ball. But we are now dealing with a puzzle in which hitting the ball as we are presently empowered to do it means there will be no game 10,000 years from now, maybe not even a hundred years from now. And so that's, that's why I'm, I think challenging your notion that yes, we, we have the tools we need already and we just need to use them because I don't think the tools are up to that job. And
1: that is the statement from Brett Weinstein that there are important metaphorical truths that might be literally a lie. And he's got two great examples. The first example is a porcupine. Ask yourself the question, does a porcupine shoot its spines out at you? If you walk too close. Okay, well, the answer is no. So the question is, if you believe that a porcupine can shoot its spines, will that change your behavior if a porcupine walks by you? The answer is most likely yes. If you don't think it can shoot its spines, you're probably going to end up getting closer to that porcupine if it's walking by. And if you think it can shoot its spines, you're going to give that thing a wider berth. Now, just say that was an extremely dangerous animal that could kill you. Well, having a understanding of that animal that is technically not true, but allows you to behave in a way that helps you survive, is that a more important truth to you as a human being? Another example is batting when you're trying to hit a ball. If someone tells you, if you follow through the swing, you will hit the ball further. Well, if you think about when a bat hits a ball, once the ball bounces off the bat, if you move that bat any further, that doesn't change how far the ball goes because it already bounced off the bat. But if you believe that you need to follow through, your motion from start to finish will be different Than if you think that you can just hit the ball and you don't and you can stop. And that different motion will be the thing that causes you to hit the ball further. So again, something that's literally false, where if you follow through, it does not make the ball go further, is metaphorically true because it changes your behavior that ends up doing the thing that you wanted to do in the first place. So now we've kind of got the idea of what is a metaphorical truth that may be a literal lie, especially in the context at least when I grow up in kind of the modernity, where it feels like the emphasis is the complete opposite, where nothing matters if it's not literally true. It doesn't matter. There's no value to it. And we're. I've already brought up two examples, and you could probably think of many more examples of when humans believe something, it might be important for their health, wealth, survival, fitness, even if it's not literally true. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, when you pose that question, Chris, I thought about it for a very long time. And I don't think I have any clear of a takeaway, but I do have some further clarificatory questions. Number one, is it the case that modernity values only literal truths? There's a school of philosophical thought called the pragmatists, namely John Dewey being the founder of that school of thought, leading up to the most contemporary version of that of Richard Rorty, who is often thought of as a very postmodern intellectual. And one of the things I learned from reading Richard Rorty in college is that for evolution to function, truth is functional. Or rather, that what matters is what is useful and relevant to you, and that actually anything that's not relevant to you, it doesn't actually matter whether it is actually literally true or false. And also, can you even get access to know if it's true or false? Maybe, maybe not. And in that context, truth is what is useful to you for the purposes of survival, if we're talking about evolution or to the purpose of your goals, if we're talking about our will in the world. So it's no surprise to me that you got this from an evolutionary biologist who filters the world through this realization that there are many evolutionary moves that were made in the trajectory of evolution that benefited an animal, yet the actual actions that they were taking or using to evolve further and to survive were not providing the benefit or the value that scientists initially thought that that it would be doing and those two examples that you give are great but i guess what is the point chris of these two ways of thinking why does it matter what are the reasons why somebody listening right now should care about the answer to the question of whether and i'm not actually exactly sure what your question is i understand those are two examples so what do we do with those examples
1: Where I want to take this, and I think there's a lot of places we could take it, but where I want to take it is in
0: the context of
1: spirituality and religion. Because when I have interpreted or when the religious texts that were given to me, specifically the Bible, were interpreted for me, the lens of truth was on the literal side. So that is the filter that Genesis was filtered for me, or all of the Old Testament or a lot of the stories even like Job, right, which now there's a thought that it might even been a play, was all supposed to be literal. So when you read that Satan in Job is talking to God and Satan's like can I go and destroy Job and you know what will happen and God's like sure you can go ahead and do that. I was taught that that was a literal thing that happened. And that is an extreme difference than the lesson that Job is trying to communicate metaphorically to help you grapple with the terrible things that happen in nature and by other people in life and being able to integrate that and still have a positive, faithful outlook in life. like That's not how it was taught to me. It was taught to me that this was literal and it happened. But if we can transform the lens of these stories And that's just one example to a metaphorical truth. It doesn't matter if it really happened or not. It does not matter. Now, there are some things that do matter in the Bible. I'm not saying that nothing matters that it happened or not, but a lot of these things are stories that we got too wrapped up in whether they literally happened.
0: Yeah, I think they only matter insofar as it reveals to us how credible the teacher is that is teaching us. So if somebody is teaching me the Bible and they're not familiar with, The majority of modern scholarship arguing that it's true that it's metaphorical, (laughs) then why are they even talking to me about the Bible? What I mean by that, and I don't know this is a thought that just occurred to me, there's also a modernistic interpretation of the facts of the Old Testament such that they conclude that they were intended and can prove that they were meant to be metaphors. Therefore, we should take them as metaphors. There's a debate then of the more conservative branch saying, actually, no, you misunderstood. Yes, the story of Job or Moses was told in context of poetry, but it's still literally true. And they'll go back and forth and they'll debate that and they'll apply textual analysis and they'll apply other sources. And they will conclude based on a textual analysis of Genesis, Exodus, you know, and the following books that actually this is literally metaphorically true. So to me, I feel like you're actually asking something different, or maybe I think where you want to go with it is something a little bit more advanced than that. But then the question I would ask you is, is it the case that the whole Bible is a metaphor, but you just said there's certain parts of it that do matter and do literally matter. So then I would ask you, how do you decide which of the things in the Bible do literally matter, whether they happen and which of them are false? My initial instinct is that if we go down this line of thought, and I'd like to hear where you go with it, but you start talking about how we can know certain things were literal and other things were not, you've already taken a step back into the world of debating what is literally true and not. In my mind, the whole thing has to be metaphor for any of this to actually be metaphorical or make the case to me that we can know that certain things were metaphors and other things were not without appealing to the very scientific, rationalistic approach that I think that you're critiquing.
1: So two things with that, and I might start dabbling in a sacrilege from an evangelical perspective, but Good. but there we go. So what I would say is two things. Number one, it's at least all metaphorical. And then on top of it, certain things could have happened in history. And the question is, is, is how important are those literal things that may have happened? And I would argue that something like the metaphor of christ and i can't i'm not going to go into all of the things that uh, christ represents and allows us to access a higher level of being so the idea that christ can help us change our behaviors so we'll just leave it there is extremely important as a metaphor but if 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 it did literally occur that god whatever that being is did manifest himself or itself as a human being and that human being maintained a perfect life whatever that means and that human being then also died and did that human being did resurrect and the metaphor is being embodied literally i think that adds another dimension of resonance of It's permanence in the world where, when you have these metaphorical truths that we're talking about, those can shift depending on the society, right? So maybe porcupines used to be poisonous barbs and it really mattered, or used to be poisonous and now they're not. So it doesn't matter for our society whether we get close to porcupines because they're not going to hurt you anyway, right? So that metaphorical truth can go out the window. Who cares if we think that porcupines can shoot their spines? And so Certain metaphors can change, but if it literally happened like that, that is a permanent ink in the timeline of human history, and that then carries that metaphor
0: to another level. A small piece of me is just cringing as you go through that way of thinking, and I'll tell you why. Because it feels like you're getting so close to something big, but it feels like to me, and maybe I'm just wrong here. But now you just went back and you just said, literally, it matters whether Jesus really did come and the metaphor is embodied in human form. And can we know that this happened? And if it did, it gives us more hope that the metaphor was in flesh. You said it, there's some value. There's some added importance. Because the question I'm asking is, does it matter whether it was, you said it initially doesn't matter, whether it's literally true for a lot of the Bible, because it is metaphorically true. But now you're saying there are portions, I think you're saying there are portions of the Bible for which the literal truth does add, add some layer.
1: It adds.
0: It's at least metaphorically true. I get that. But now why why are you going another step further beyond that? Because in terms of your and I general arc here, we're trying to rediscover and figure out where does Christianity go from here. How do we make it relevant or truthful, if you will, to us in this modern age? My feelings are that if the answer is most of it doesn't matter if it's true. Mm-hmm. It could have happened, it could have not. But here's a couple of things that really, really do matter if they literally happened. We just opened back up the door of apologetics. We just opened up the door to the Josh McDowell's who are going to say, we know Jesus lived. And then I'm going to say, well, what's the record? And then they're going to say, well, we have five different sources of references to a Christ being on earth. And of those, one of them was Josephus. And oh my gosh, isn't that amazing? And then how would we have gotten a Q source for the Bible if it wasn't real? And then look at all these New Testament books. and Look how close they are together. Well, like, you just reopened everything we're trying to get away from, I feel like. So maybe, maybe it's all at least metaphorically true. And that's where we stop. And it doesn't actually matter if any of it literally happened the way it says it does. Why? Because the power of Christianity, to me, is the fact that it's still here. That stories were either recorded as history or made up by somebody on the spot, it could have been early theories are that Q Source was more of like a theatrical production that people would put on, like the Book of Mark is, is is argued in my New Testament class to have been a play. I love that. So maybe some playwrights got around and had this little kernel of an idea because they heard somebody mutter about this Christ guy who got crucified, and then they did a little impromptu, you know, brainstorm sesh, and then kaboom! We got ourselves a story, folks! And then the life took off from there, and... Well, isn't it amazing that that story (laughs) is one of the few stories that is still being told in our Western culture today and that the metaphorical truthness of it is so true that it's actually not even worthy of being called a metaphor. Maybe it's more of an archetype. Maybe it's a psychological truth. Maybe it is a need that we have in our human psyches and brains. There's something missing. And this is was a discovery of the glue that we needed to push forward, the glue we needed to, at that time period, and maybe today, to have an ethic. Maybe it's a unifying thing that helped us find cohesion as a society. Maybe it is as metaphorically true as another great religion out there that was exactly what those people needed at that time to accept and wonder about this this world, God, etc., so chris when we talk about literal and metaphorical truths and then as it applies to religion bringing back john dewey and richard rorty there is a and maybe brett i'd like to hear what brett weinstein thinks of this i think part of that is the recognition that it is impossible for humans to take any action in the world which was not evolutionarily beneficial at one point in time for some purpose in order to get us to this point in time. So the key here is, by definition, what it is that we perceive in this world, what it is that we think came out of our evolutionary history and came out of a very specific purpose that maybe has long been gone away and we retained Whatever that tool is, like a brain, what's the purpose for it? Usually it's to find food, not eat the wrong kind of food, remember what it is that we need, be able to procreate, and everything else is an offshoot of that. And so everything in some way led to some end, which enabled us to do that better than our competing biological organisms. And so here we are with a limited brain, a brain that's used primarily for helping us be better at procreation and consumption and staying alive. And now we go back and we look at the Bible and we say, oh, well, was it literally true or not? I agree with your early premise maybe more than you do, which is it doesn't matter. Why? Because it, we cannot matter. We cannot go back and have access to tools that would tell us the validity and truth of something that we never evolved. Maybe had we evolved the ability to go back in time and check it out, then I would be like, yeah, it matters. We can never know we will never know nobody will ever tell us it is not useful whether it's true or not therefore it doesn't matter
1: so here's what i'll say i think that for the purposes of this podcast for now i think it's really healthy to concentrate on the metaphorical and to flush it out and to figure out whatever side you're on if you're on the side that's skeptical of it to say aha maybe this has something that can reach deeper into your psyche and deeper into your spiritual life that will help you keep continue to latch on to the things that that you love about the faith but then on the other side if you're skeptical of love religion this could help you and say hey this is a very psychological very pragmatic very practical way to engage and to have community with the history of humanity that's led up till now especially in the Western society and what's brought us here, even just connecting into that lineage, that metaphorically religious milieu lineage will help us to understand where we've come from and where we're going at the very least. Okay, so I think as we kind of bring up examples, because right now we're talking very high level, but it'd be good to bring up some examples of of how this actually works in, in our human psyche. And so I think that's probably the way to go. I'm not going to let go of the point that the literal reality of things happening isn't potentially important but i think we don't have to go there because it's enough to talk about these metaphorical truths that we're talking about i will say that for events that we don't know that we're like that we'll never be able to go back in time and figure out if they really happened or not there is an element, a permanent element of faith that is required for that. And so I don't need to know if Christ was truly born and whether he died on the cross. Like, there is some evidence for that, right? And there's some some historical evidence for that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be just saying, well, do I believe that happened or not believe that happened, literally? And that's my choice, and I don't need anyone else to I don't need to convince anyone else of that because it's always going to be an act of I believe this or not. Is there value in believing something truly happened? That's a completely different conversation. I think I think that's what we're dancing around. I think that's what we disagree on because I do think that in our lives, like was what everything we did this weekend was that valuable in terms of it literally happening? Or if we tell our children a story that never actually happened and they learn something from that and they grow from that and and their behavior changes from that, that's important. We said baseline importance there. But is it, if we actually told the real story of what really happened, is there any added value at all? And we're not going to be able to get into it now, but I think that's what we're going to have some combating over. I think it's going to be really exciting because the fusing of the metaphor and the literal not overemphasizing the literal, not completely obliterating the literal from the metaphorical side is some is a nice dance that I think we can get pretty far with, because I've never heard anyone really do this.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, I 100% agree with you. This is such an important conversation. And the reason why this is important is because how we come down on the importance of literal versus metaphorical truths, to your point about your kids, could determine the impact that we have on the world. It can determine the wealth that we're able to accumulate if that's what matters to you. It can determine the health of the relationship with your family. And also, it might potentially help the next generation or the current generation find the value that is in religion and allow it to apply today without getting hung up on the discussion of literal truths. And not to open that up again, but in my life and as you described to me having been taught that everything was literally true and then as i grew and i learned and evidence came out i determined that that it's unlikely that you can have the confidence necessary in the tr- that these things are literally true based on the evidence we have therefore it pushed me away from the bible and the community of the church and had i earlier been able to stay put I think I would have found and had a, a different life now. I would have had a stronger community and more life and spirit. I think I would have been able to influence my fiance, Andrea, and my family, and we would be able to sit around and pray together instead of sitting around and debating whether or not we're have belief sufficient enough in the literal truth for it all to have meaning. And I just want to step away from that and I want to step towards wholeness towards a love towards connection I want to step towards truth whether metaphorical or literal and I want the people around me to do that, too So I just think it's very important that we think about and decide What is the difference between metaphors and literalness and how and when does it matter that there is a difference?
1: And that's exactly what we're going to do on this podcast. We've got a lot of different topics that are going to be coming in, but this will be a theme. So we may, you know, just get back to this at a different time. We'll probably find some intellectual speakers who we resonate with that we can bring in clips of where we're giving you the best and the most Concise summaries of these great intellectual speakers because we don't, we're not going to be able to figure this out <laughs> just by our, by ourselves. And so we also want everyone who's listening to be able to send us your feedback. Where are you going with this? Does this spark anything? I mean, Tim and I I resonate with what Tim just said in terms of how he grew up. And so you know, are we alone? <laughs> I really don't know the answer to that question because it sometimes feels like well, actually, everyone would is just happy in their own camps, happy in the more. I believe that the, God, the Bible is purely literal, and I'm very happy with that. Or I believe that the Bible is pure nonsense, and I'm happy with that. Is there room for this exchange? Is there a community that, that can grow from this exchange? I think that there is. I have a strong feeling that people want this, but um, I, we'd love to hear everyone's feedback because um, this is a very personal topic, but I think it's one of these topics that we just don't talk about. There's no room to talk about. Uh, There's no space, there's no community to to have these conversations, and I feel like that's why part of it is stagnating. That's why we're not getting anywhere with this. Uh, So I want to use this as a format to have those communal conversations, to go places where people want to go, and to take this to a place where, at the end of the day, you can have a new relationship with the wisdom literature of the Bible and with the Creator of the universe. And so I really appreciate your honesty and your ability to push. Uh, and and prod in different directions so thanks everyone so much for listening we really appreciate you engaging with us on this very fraught and complex topic and uh, tim you want to close
0: us out we got to thank athletic greens our sponsor today no just kidding they don't sponsor us yet but if you work there and you're listening hit us up because health is important. It's literally and metaphorically true We can all agree on that. No, just kidding I can't wait to engage with you chris. I learn a lot whenever we do this If there's other people like out there who are curious or resonating with what we're saying Let us know I also think it'd be great if we could bring on some guests who could help elucidate some of these Disagreements and maybe help us both engage more thoughtfully around these topics But with that I cannot wait for the next episode. I will talk to you very soon chris Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.